How was that? How was that? Jesus is coming again. All right. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to Calvary Baptist Church tonight, Wednesday night service. It's so nice to see you all here. I was not going to be here when I found out pastor was going to be out of town, but then I said, well, who's going to be preaching tonight, baby? So, so I'm here tonight. And uh, thank God for the opportunity to be here. I'm so thankful that you're here. Folks that are watching by way of the World Wide Web, thank you for being here, attending our service. And uh, I was just thinking, something had occurred to me today that uh, I want to talk about in the message. And so if you'll, if you'll hang in there with me, hopefully I'll cover something that will resonate with you and you can take with you for the rest of this week. But uh, let's go ahead and open up in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you once again for this day. Lord, we thank you for your kindness, your grace, your mercy extended to us today, Lord. You've seen us through some things and we'll never know until we get to glory, but we do thank you for it. Thank you, Lord, that we are ambassadors, representatives of you. And Father, that we can show Christ, Lord, to a lost and dying world that doesn't know you. Pray for our pastor tonight, Lord, uh, even though it's Thursday morning where he is, pray that you bless him, you know, help him to get over the jet lag, Lord, and be a blessing, Lord, to those pastors that are there. And Lord, may uh, at the end of the week, may they say it's been good, Lord, and the teaching's been great for them, and they've learned some things to help them in their own individual ministries. And tonight, Lord, as we turn to this portion of the service, ask that you would bless our time here. Bless the preach word of God. Make a difference, Lord God, in the lives of others, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. And uh, let's have a song. Brother Eddie, what are we singing tonight? Amen. I'll fly away. The bus will be here at 915 to pick you up. So let us all sing. some good singing. Uh, by way of announcements, 
Uh, we have the seventh tonight, the dessert social. Something I've been looking forward to, and my stomach is too. And on the 13th, don't forget Senior Saints at Caesar's Restaurant in Rivers Bend, February the 29th through March the 2nd, a marriage retreat. And I like to call them marriage enrichment seminars because no one knows everything about marriage, matrimony. So if you have a good marriage, hopefully you do, it can be better. You have a better marriage, well, I say, my marriage is better than y'all. You got a better marriage, you can make it the best marriage. And if you make it the best marriage, then you can do the Titus II type thing where the older women, excuse me, the more seasoned women can help the young women to love their husbands and raise their children in a, in a proper way. So please, if you can avail yourself to that, you're going to be blessed. Uh, there's going to be great food, I'm sure. Uh, because Ka Brother Kyle's going to make sure that that's going to happen, so we can look forward to that. But if, if you can't go, pray for those who are going, because marriages are in trouble. Christian marriages are in trouble. It's been like 15 years, and I've seen it. I've seen the erosion. It's like more of the world gets into the church and even permeates our thinking. George Barna, a uh, famous uh, researcher, Surveyor mentioned something about uh, the number of uh, marriages that are, are hurting in the Christian church. You know, so we all have, uh, you know, we all can learn something. And if we can, then please go there. And if, you, if you're an expert, you can teach the class at the marriage <laughs> Thursday and Friday, you can be there Thursday and Friday, uh, sweet 15. Uh, that's uh, breakfast included, and so that's the rate for the hotel if you stay two nights or stay one night. That way you can catch the Friday training and uh, fellowship Friday night and then Saturday morning classes, and then we can uh, make yourself available for that. Any questions, please see Brother Jeremy, Brother Kyle. They know everything that there is to know, and we have that special rate at the hotel booked until February the 12th. So that time is short, so please uh, don't second-guess yourself. If you're married, you need it. Uh, don't forget March 3rd through the 5th, the Spring Bible Conference. March 17th is homecoming. And prayer requests for Buddy Gilkin, Dave Antonin, Antonin, excuse me, Ashley Turner, Herman Burgess, Miss Anna Newcomb, David King, Velva Joe Stevens, Sally Sedevi, Reggie Michael, and don't forget Kirby Lampersberger has a detached retina and he needs surgery. So please avail yourself to that. And uh, don't forget uh, Brother John Walters, uh, Jay Walters' dad. The memorial service will be February the 17th, 2 p.m. at Hiles Baptist Church. Ready to sing again? All right, Brother Eddie. A new look at the old book, page 184. The song may be a little unfamiliar to us, so we'll probably sing it twice. How about that?
back to the next screen. Let's sing it again. How about that? We sing a special. Was it you or Brother Ronnie? Come on up here. I'll, I'll take a stab at it then since none of you men are, are, are brave enough. In Christ alone will I glory. Though I could pride myself in battles won. For I've been blessed beyond measure, and by his strength alone I'll overcome. Oh, I could stop and count successes like diamonds in my hands. But those trophies could not equal to the grace by which I stand in Christ alone. I place my trust and find my glory in the power of the cross. In every victory, let it be said of me, my source of strength, my source of hope, is Christ alone, in Christ alone do I glory, for only by his grace I am redeemed. For only his tender mercy could reach beyond my weakness to my need. And now I seek no greater honor than just to know him more and to count my gains but losses to the glory of my Lord. In Christ alone I place my trust and find my glory in the power of the cross. In every victory let it be said of me, my source of strength, my source of hope is Christ alone. My source of strength, my source of hope is Christ alone. Amen. Tonight, we will be in the book of 1 Samuel, chapter number 18, and we're going to have a chance to look at another character, actually two, David and Saul. And 
either you have been a recipient or you have been the person who's been jealous of someone. Jealousy is like an acid. So much so that we couldn't store it in plastic. We have to store it in a glass jar, some type of silica, because the acid will destroy, will eat up the container that it's in, if it's not in the proper container. Jealousy, what is it? I had to find out, I went to my Webster's Dictionary and it said, jealousy, being fearful of losing affection. Resentment against a rival's success. Mental uneasiness from suspicion. Or mental uneasiness caused by the fear of a rival. And jealousy and envy, they're sort of like first cousins together. Jealousy basically from my human perspective is I want what you have, I'm upset that you have it, and I don't. Whereas envy is, you have something, I don't want it, and I don't want you to have it either. So those cousins are there, and we're going to look at how this impacts David tonight. 1 Samuel chapter number 18, begin reading in verse 5. David went out whithersoever Saul sent him, and behaved himself wisely. And Saul set him over the men of war, and he was accepted in the sight of all the people, and also in the sight of Saul's servants. And it came to pass, as they came when David was returned from the slaughter of the Philistines, that the women came out of all cities of Israel, singing and dancing to meet King Saul with tablets, with joy, and with instruments of music. Verse 7. And the women answered one another as they played and said, Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. And Saul was very wroth and the same displeased him. And he said, they have ascribed to David ten thousands. And to me, they have ascribed but thousands. And what can he have more but the kingdom? And Saul eyed David from that day forward. And it came to pass on the morrow that the evil spirit from God came upon Saul and he prophesied in the midst of the house, and David played with his hand at set times, and there was a javelin in Saul's hand. Verse 11, and Saul cast the javelin, for he said, I will smite David even to the wall with it. And David avoided out of his presence twice. And Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with him and was departed from Saul. Therefore Saul removed him from him and made him his captain over a thousand and he went out and came in before the people. And David behaved himself wisely in all his ways, and the Lord was with him. Wherefore, when Saul saw that he behaved himself very wisely, he was afraid of him. But all Israel and Judah loved David because he went out and came in before them. Father in heaven, thank you once again for the reading of your word. Thank you, Lord, for the power that's in it. Thank you for the teaching and the learning that we can have tonight. Father, I pray you take me, Lord, and cleanse me from any uh, act of omission or commission, God, that would prevent your word from going forth. Father, we love you, we thank you, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Jealousy, 
Jealousy. It, either we have been on the receiving end or we have been the person who's been jealous. I looked at David's life, and for the life of me, I can't see why Saul would be the way that he was toward him because they're on the same team. They're on the same side, doing the same thing. They have the same common enemy, and somehow, some way, the praise of the women, the ladies, just turned something on in him so he would hate David. Jealousy caused the problem between Saul and David. And jealousy is that, that, that acid that destroyed their relationship. Part of them just like that. And not only that, there was anger, because the Bible says that, that he was angry as well. So Saul had some issues, but you know, how did we get here in the first place? How did David get to the point where he was beloved of the people? Well, if you remember, 1 Samuel 16, 13, Samuel anointed David king. Now, David didn't go in and have an insurrection and kick Saul out. He waited his time because he knew that when God put him in the place, he would be in there because God wanted him there. Not like the people when they, how did they elect Saul? How did they have Saul as king? They said, we want us a king. We want somebody who's head and shoulders above everybody else. And Saul was. He was tall. He looked kingly, I guess. Or what your impression of a king would be, he looked that way. And they made themselves a king. David, meanwhile, verse, uh, excuse me, 1 Samuel 16, 21 David came to Saul and stood before him, and this is Saul, and he loved him greatly. Saul loved David greatly, and David became his armor bearer. Hmm, that's a promotion. Now, here's the king. He's Saul, he's sovereign, he's jealous of one of his subordinates. Why is he jealous? I don't know. But one of the things that jealousy can do, it can create comparison. And why would he compare himself? Here's the sovereign. Here's the king. I'm going to compare myself to David simply because of a song sung by the ladies. Well, there was more to it than that. When I look at verse 5, I think of my first point. The exploits were rewarded. Verse 5, <clears throat> excuse me. And David went out with the sword of Saul sent him and behaved himself wisely. And Saul set him over the men of war. And he was accepted in the sight of all the people and also in the sight of Saul's servants. David was now made general. He is the joint chiefs of staff. He is the five-star general. He went from armor bearer to 1 Samuel 17, 50 and 51 to killing Goliath. Once he killed Goliath, they knew that he was a great, mighty man of war. He was a warrior. So what do you do with the best warrior that you have? You put him in charge of everybody else. You make him the general. But in the song it says, Saul that kills his thousands. Hmm. David his ten thousands. Hmm. You know the story. The armies of the living God was on this side. Goliath, the champion of the Philistines on this side. The Valley of Elah is here. David grabbed some stones, slung the stone, killed Goliath. 
from that point forward, if Saul didn't know that there was anointing on David, he should have. Because remember, everyone else, no one else wanted to get up there and fight the champion of the Philistines. Almost 10 foot tall. I am six foot two. Goliath is like that. I'm not going to challenge him and you're not going to challenge him either. So remember, the armies of the living God, the armies of the Philistines. What do you think? Maybe 80,000, 100,000, 200,000 Philistines? Nation of Israel. What do you think? Maybe, maybe 150,000, 200,000? Maybe that's why the ladies were saying Saul killed his thousands, but David killed his ten thousands. Because remember, if Goliath would have killed David, then the armies of the living God, the, all, the nation of Israel, would now be servants to the Philistines because of Goliath. But it was reversed. God had a, a, a usable instrument called David, and David defeated Goliath. Exploits were rewarded. He had a king's anointing, but he still waited. You know, David won the battles and he was promoted. He went from armor bearer to general. David defeated the Philistine champion, and God had a very wise, usable instrument. What do I take away from that? Vincent Ashley, are you an instrument, a usable instrument for God? Can God use you? Are you clean enough for God to use you? Do you even desire for God to use you? I dare say David did, and God used him in a mighty way. So we go from the exploits rewarded to verse 6 and 7. Enthusiastic recognition. Somebody's going to recognize what he did, and I'm sure the stories were coming from the battlefront daily if not hourly. Hey, do you know that we're here and they're there and it's a standoff and nobody's winning and, and, and who's going to win? And, but they have a champion and he's a giant and, and, and we're, we're, I don't know who's going to win, but, but there's a battle. All right. David picks up a stone, puts it in the slingshot, slings it, hurls it, knocks him out, takes Goliath's sword and does what he does. I'm keeping this PG because I know we have kids in here, so bear with me. It's still rated G. And once David did that, everyone knew that he was a great warrior. The word got back to Israel. And now the ladies are coming out of the house because now the warriors are coming home. It's like the guys that are coming home from, from Desert Storm, Desert Shield. They're all in line just marching and everybody's clapping and everything. And can you imagine? I'm King Saul. I'm leading the possession. I'm leading. Behind me is my general David and the others. And what did they hear them say? Well, they said, Saul have slain his thousands. And can you imagine if you're Saul, you're just, just as pompous as you can be. Just, yeah. How you doing? Yeah. Yes. yeah. David has 10,000. So let's get some impact. I want everybody on this side to say, Saul has slain his thousands. Everyone on this side, David 
has slain his 10,000. Be louder than them. Ready? Go. I didn't say six of y'all. I said all of y'all. Come on. I'm sorry, y'all. Maybe they talked in tongues, and that's what everybody heard. But can you imagine? I'm Saul, and I'm smiling, I'm happy, I'm looking good, svelte, if you will. And I hear that, and I'm excited. And now, David did what? Well, if you kill Goliath, isn't that the equivalent of killing thousands and thousands and thousands? Of, to me, it is. A song split the military, the leader and the general. Well, what happened to the so-called general? Well, yes, I tell you. But you know when you're not right with God. Saul even knew that he had the talent that David had. Some can play the piano. Some can't. Some can play the Some can't. I, David, from the forward. Comparisons actually caused his tenship change. 1 Samuel 18. And Saul, and Saul did want to smite David to the wall, right? David impacted his life. Can you work knowing that somebody has a, they get a, Whenever you start to compare yourself with someone, you're basically saying, and you're jealous, you're basically saying that you feel inferior to them. Brother Eddie can sing and Brother Eddie can play an instrument. I know he plays the piano, he could play other instruments. I can say that because if I were to come up to you and say, uh, Kansas City quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, his number is uh, number nine. Right? Raise your hand. The steward of it, God's the owner of it. Uh, Ford F-150s. Fix or repair daily 150s. Kyle, too, if he were here, I pointed him to. Well, I'm not going to go there. But be grateful for what God has allowed. And in everything, give thanks for this is the will.